I'm one of those people that can kind of do, do math in their head. And if you're not, I'm sorry, it's a great skill to have. Um, actually, it's useless most of the time. But I, I th- when I think about the importance of Bible school, a little bit of math is helpful. Um, if a child, say, came to church three Sundays a month for a year, they would get about 30 hours of Christian education through their Sunday school class. If that same child comes to Bible school for one week, they get about three hours of education and formation through Bible school. Meaning that our Bible school ministry can potentially comprise a third of a child's Christian education in a year. Which is good and bad. It's, it's scary and it's wonderful Uh, But it highlights the important role that Bible school can have in the life of a child. And it highlights the importance of of the folks who take their time to invest energy and and thought to prepare uh, for that week. And so... um, the investment of time and energy is, is important to me. And, and the fact that kids came uh, and had a week that was them learning and, and, and growing and in a way being free from a lot of the distractions that happen at home so that they could learn for 15 hours. Um, it's a real gift. And though this sermon is not necessarily about the, the joy and the, the gift of VBS, as it keeps kids from distractions. In a way, VBS is an antidote to the life of distractions that so many of us, of us lead. But to the sermon, I think about one of the great things that Oxford Baptist Church has is so many Marthas. Have you noticed how many Marthas we have around here? I can't name them all, but we have a staff position that has only been staffed by people named Martha. We have lots of Marthas, and even when we don't have Martha's named Martha, we have people who are like Martha, who are behind the scenes, who willingly work to set the table for others, to prepare things for others. We are spoiled that we can so easily make a phone call and send a note and find many capable people to help us with a task or a duty. And my guess is that that you are one of them in some way. And for that, I give great thanks. But as our story from Luke 11, Mary and Martha, will remind us, there's a little bit of a danger in being Martha. Because it's easy to mistake our worth when we are Martha. And it's, it's easy to think that we are what we do, not just that we are who we are. And Jesus uses this word distractions. Martha was distracted by all that she had to do. Martha had so much to do, and you know, if I made you raise your hand, you would probably raise your hand and say, I have so much to do also. Martha had so much to do and far too often we say that we are just so busy and even when our busyness is in service to good things, our busyness can keep us from God. 
like it did for Martha in this story. And so today, as we consider Jesus and and distractions, and we consider the ways that being behind the scenes can distract us, there are many ways that we can be distracted, even though they seem benign. These many distractions conspire to keep us from really engaging in our faith sometimes. And so let's consider the distractions, both ancient and modern, as we turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, uh, he, Jesus, entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, and there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Are you distracted? Think about it. Are you distracted right now or in your life? Are you distracted in a thousand small ways? In In a book I purchased many months ago and have tried to get tried to read a few times and just can't get through Matthew Crawford cites an article from the satirical website The Onion the, in The Onion they write while opening his second drink as he chatted with friends over a relaxed outdoor meal local man Marshall Platt 34 was reportedly seconds away from letting go and enjoying himself when he was suddenly crushed by the full weight of work emails that still needed to be dealt with, an upcoming wedding he had yet to buy airfare for because of an unresolved issue with his Southwest Rapid Rewards account, and phone calls that needed to be returned. It's great to see you guys, said the man who had been teetering on the brink of actually having fun and was now mentally preparing for a presentation that he had to give on Friday and compiling a list of bills that needed to be paid by the 7th. This is awesome. Anyone want another drink? Continued Platt as he reminded himself to pick up his Zetona prescription. I think I'm going to grab one, Platt, who reportedly sunk into a distracted haze after coming to the razor's edge of experiencing genuine joy fully intended to go through the motions of talking with his friends and appearing to have a good time. All the while, he mentally shopped for a birthday present for his mother, racked his brain to remember if he had itemized the reimbursement from his New York trip to the HR department, and made a silent note to call his bank about a mysteriously recurring $19 monthly fee that had recently been discovered on his credit card statement. That is a satirical story, but isn't it true? Isn't it true that so many of us, while we're sitting here, are making lists about things that we need to take care of? Maybe on this handy bulletin that we offer each other. 
I confess that when I sit in the congregation, my cover is often full of lists that I was remind lists of things I was reminded of that I need to take care of in the coming days. We are distracted, most of us, a lot of the time. And unfortunately, one of the characteristics of our lives today is that we have more ways to be scatterbrained and distracted than generations past. To say this often comes off as a critical judgment as folks say, oh, kids these days. But it is us adults in the room who have overflowing email boxes, who forget to put our phones on silent, and I have not had someone under 30 tell me about something they've seen on Facebook in a long, long time. And if you don't believe me on that, wait till the conclusion of the article, or of the sermon. Which brings me back to The Onion. We're constantly bombarded with opportunities to be distracted. And unlike any other time in history, we have a million things going on and a million places we could be all the time. And in that way, we are Martha in Luke 10. Oh no, we're not stuck back in the kitchen like she was, but we are just like she was distracted by many things, many activities and occupations So many that we actually miss embracing what is going on in this very moment, much of the time. Now, I'm going to say Martha's name a lot during this sermon, but we all know that that Martha is not all bad. Martha is most of the time good. Martha is the one who gets things done. Martha clicks through her to-do list with grace and ease. The only problem is occasionally when we are like this, when we are like a Martha. The hyper-focus on completing the tasks distracts us from what is right in front of us. And in Scripture and in life, the Martha in us gets so wrapped up in the busy work That we begin to think that everyone else should be doing busy work just like we are. And then the tasks distract us from who God has called us to be. As easy as it is to think that it's harder for us because we have so many ways to be distracted, the reality is the jealousy that lie at the root of Martha's distraction was just as prevalent for her as it is for us. Martha was distracted by comparing herself to Mary. Martha felt called to welcome Jesus into her home. She was given, Martha had the God-given gift of hospitality in ways that maybe others didn't. But she allowed that gift to distract her. And so she was chastised for being distracted, not for trying to provide hospitality. She was corrected by Jesus for not following her call, for not doing what God had led her to do, and she fell into the all-too-common human tendency To say to someone else, if I have to do it this way, you have to also. And that's where she falls short. 
That's where she failed. That's how she was distracted. And in that way, Martha was merely human, just like you and I are. She got distracted from her call on that day and decided she would try to make everyone else do like she did instead of allowing everyone else to do as God was leading them to. And so Martha missed out because she was distracted from her call. And we do the same thing. We do the same thing every day. Henry Nowen is one of those spiritual teacher folks that we all can learn a lot from. And he had a little book. All of his books are very small. But in his little book, Making All Things New, he talks about busyness. He talks about our addiction to busyness. And though he doesn't explicitly say it when he lays it all out, when we praise one another for being busy, he uncovers that we're praising one another for being, well, for being Martha. We say to one another, oh, oh I, know, I know you're so busy, but can you? We tell others, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't get to it. I was just so busy. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, we've been really, really busy. You talk to anybody who hasn't been busy lately? We're all busy. We're, we're busy to the point that we accidentally worship busyness. And though we fully intend to convey respect for one another because they are so busy, in, in, in doing that, we allow one another off the hook for not paying attention to the moments of our lives. We allow one another off the hook for not paying attention to what may be going on with God. And so when I see this story about Mary and Martha, I don't just see a story about one sitting at the feet of Jesus and another working to set the table and one being right and one being wrong. Rather, what I see is a story of Mary Realizing she's called to sit at the feet of Jesus in that moment. And Martha, who welcomed Jesus into her home, being distracted from the call to be hospitable in that moment. Because when Martha is at her best, hospitality reigns. Everybody is embraced. Without Martha, there's not food on the table. Without Martha... The table isn't set for anyone. Without Martha, things don't get done. And so I don't think her mistake is her to-do list. I think her mistake is missing the fact that in that moment she was called to be hospitable to Jesus. She was called to set the table. And had she been able to embrace what God was calling her to do in that moment, she would have been fulfilled in her call. And, and when we have gifts, and when we're called to particular things, to be distracted is to miss the way God wants to work through us. And to think that God wants us to work and be like someone else is to miss who God's called us to be. And busyness and to-do lists and the noise of notifications that are constantly around us. Those have a way of keeping us from sensing 
who we are and what God has called us to be. And they catch us up in the busyness of life rather than allowing us to focus on the business of life and faith. And that's what Nowen challenges us to do. To attend to the business of life, not just the busyness of life. When I talked about phones earlier, I told us that um, after saying kids these days, those of us adults were going to get corrected one more time. There's a book called Unselfie. Why Empathetic Kids Succeed in an All-About-Me World. It's about teaching empathy to children and the importance of empathy. And on page 10 of the book, the author, Michelle Borba, shares these quotes. She's always on her phone. It's so annoying. I hate it when he talks on his cell. It makes me sad. I wish he'd just put down his phone when we're watching TV. It makes me feel like he cares more about his Blackberry than me. She then writes, While we criticize our children's plugged-in habits, these complaints are from our sons and daughters about us. Yep, the kids are whining about our behavior. One national survey found that 62% of school-aged kids said their parents are too distracted when they try to talk to them. The top parent distraction? Cell phones. Researchers detailed observations in a fast food restaurant confirmed kids' gripes are valid. The study published in the journal Pediatrics found that when parents' cell phones are out and about, the primary engagement was with the device, not the child. Each swipe and type means less talking with, next to, and face-to-face with our kids and missed empathy-building opportunities. We are distracted. We are distracted, and, and so kids these days are a product of us. And maybe faith these days is a product of us also. We are distracted by phones and televisions and dual-income families, and we're distracted by the escapes we have to have from the reality that we're stuck in. We are distracted. We have more opportunities than ever to be distracted. And it's taking a toll on our lives, our relationship, and our faith. And so just like Jesus tells Martha, Jesus tells us today, we're distracted by many things. We have so many ways to be distracted and to creatively sit And think about what's around the next corner. But Jesus calls us to something else. Jesus calls us to discover and nurture and to attend to what we've been called to. Jesus calls us to name and then refrain from busyness sometimes. Jesus calls us to look to and attend to one another. And Jesus calls us to quit worshiping our idols of busyness. The Marthas among us are not at their best when they are just busy. They're at their best when they are using their God-given talents to knock out to-do lists, to provide hospitality and care and support in ways that allow us all to experience the kingdom of God better. 
and in ways that allow us all to fulfill our call to be God's children in a more real way. And so may we today quit thinking that the grass is greener on the other side of someone else's call. May we today quit thinking that the grass is greener over there in the other side of the house where Mary is. And may we today realize that our call, too, is essential to a holy and healthy kingdom of God. And by experiencing and knowing and nurturing our call, we can contribute to the kingdom of God in a meaningful way every day. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for this day that we have. We give you thanks for the opportunity to be together. We give you thanks for worship, which forces us to pause our lives, gives us a chance to breathe. And Lord, as we seek to be your people, and as we seek to not be distracted by busyness, and as we seek to be people who love and embrace your call so that we might love and embrace one another better, help us. Lord, we need your help. We need your help to know you are with us, to experience your love, to fulfill the call you have for us. And to focus on the important things. And so help us today. This, O Lord, we pray in your name. Amen.